0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Horror Shed Podcast. I'm one of your host, Jared. Down here, we have the one and only South Jersey Jason. How are you today, sir? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. We got a few announcements to go through real quick. All right. What do we got? So first off, as a personal note, I want to congratulate my awesome wife on being promoted at work. Oh, nice. Congratulations, Terry. What is her new title? She will be the company's trainer. Ooh. Okay. So she will jump into the world to travel like me and want to put a bullet in her mouth.
1: How far does she have to travel? Like who East knows? Coast? Who oh. knows?
0: Uh okay. so far hints of Florida, but around oh. here, PA, so a lot of on the oh. road stuff.
1: Mm. Well, hopefully it won't go into your haunt.
0: Nope, schedule. she's off weekends, so we're good. Oh, nice. Okay, good. As long as she's home early Fridays, we're good. <laughs> All right, uh, second up, speaking of haunts, subscribe now. You can find that at Halloween Haunts 365 on YouTube. Go subscribe now. Now, also, because it's haunt season coming, we're announcing a new show. Yeah. So this is going to drop. I'll drop the video first, and I'll talk about it. So, that is the new intro to Halloween Haunts Weekend Update. This will drop every Wednesday and go over all the haunts in our area, times open, days open, and ticket prices. Some videos will be three minutes if there's only a couple haunts open. Others going to be like 25, 30 minutes. We have a list of 25 haunts that we're going through. We're going to pre record everything and just have it drop every Wednesday. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, we're excited about that and uh i'm trying to do a green screen so i could put us at like the saturday night live weekend update desk but we'll see i don't know if i'm that advanced yet
1: all right sorry i'm texting adam marcus right now we're talking about uh something that j3 costumes wants to do for kane hotter so
0: sorry yeah it's fine <laughs> talk to the celebrities it's all good mm-hmm. so today i actually watched a ton of shit. Um, I watched Funhouse Massacre. One of my favorite. You watched? You watched what? Funhouse Massacre. Uh, I couldn't. I could not get through that. I don't know why. It's a lot better than the other movie I watched fucking today. Nah, whatever. I
1: don't know. Maybe I'll, this one has Ari Lehman, right? No. Has, well, maybe I watched the wrong one. I think you did. Ari Lehman's nowhere in it. Send me like the link or the where I can watch it. So. Okay, I'll send it yeah. over. Because he's been in so many. Tr- crappy ass movies and there was one about a fun house so
0: yeah that's not it okay all right so i watched the wrong one yeah it's on Tubi. i'll send you the link so i watched that i watched the burning i watched cropsy i watched a documentary on what we're going to cover today then i watched uh houses october built to see if i liked it again and i don't
1: i like that movie i didn't like the second one so much
0: and it's the the banter between them is just annoying it really got to me yeah and it just i i couldn't keep going
1: right but
0: yeah i was busy busy beaver today
1: good good um so i got a couple announcements let me just bring up my uh gallery real quick so as we know friday 13th is going to be um two two months from like when this comes out i think it's, well, it'll be less than two months by a day when this video drops. So again, uh I'm going to Blairstown uh, diner for part of the day. so I just want to talk about that about that for just a few minutes. Uh, so as we all know, Friday 13th is in the greatest month of the year, October, and I will, myself will be there from about 9 a.m to 2 pm and uh, just uh, going around you know doing my thing in costume taking pictures with the patrons i'm thinking about doing a fundraiser probably for um our friend ashley because i know they were supposed to be doing a fundraiser for the animal shelter on the 14th but i'm not going to be able to make it with my schedule so and i told them i would help out so i think i'm gonna do another fundraiser for them hopefully even get a few bucks uh we have rh gan or i'm sorry rh uh RG Henning, sorry, I got to use his proper pen name, um, who's going to be there all day. He's going to be selling copies of Sackhead, the definitive retrospective of Friday the 13th, part two. Probably by me talking right now, he's sold well over a thousand copies on Amazon, which is really cool, self published and everything. Uh, he actually just announced, and I believe Friday the, was a Joe Blower, friday 13 uh announced. Uh, I guess they put it out early and he didn't know this. Um, He is following up his part two with uh, Jason, a comprehensive expose expose on Friday, 13th part three. Mm. So that should be coming out probably sometime next year. Uh, Probably in uh, maybe spring or summer. Uh, It's going to be about 10 chapters. And he's like, I think like, three or four into it so far so good luck or yeah good luck to him and we know it's going to be a good seller just like his part two so um i watched now i revisited a movie that i didn't like the first time i watched it but it was uh came out on direct tv and once i guess it it went right to direct tv not in the theaters i believe it came it was 2017 but i think they shelved it for maybe a year uh leatherface the prequel where it's like him growing up he gets put like in a um a psych ward did you ever see that one Mm. it's not bad i watched it on max uh so it takes place in the 50s so if we go in this timeline it'd be a prequel to the 74 version and it's in the same timeline as the 2013 version okay okay uh the only notable actor really in it is uh steven dorf plays uh uh the sheriff and uh it's kind of like they want you to guess who leatherface is out of the kids who escape the the psych ward they kind of give it away in the poster because the And I never looked at the poster. So the person who I thought was going to be Leatherface turned out not to be Leatherface. So I figured, you know what? I'm on a Texas Chainsaw kick. Let me watch the 2022 Netflix one. And it's
2: not bad.
1: Uh, Very woke in some areas. But uh, the kills are cool. And I kind of hope they follow up with another one because they left it open. But... Who knows? And uh, yeah, that's all I watched. because I had a busy weekend this past weekend. Excuse me. Um, and of course, on Friday the 13th, I'll be going back to the South Jersey area that night. Uh, going to Night of Terror. And uh, celebrating Friday the 13th with all those crazy cats down there. The premier haunt down that area. I actually drew through Malca Hill over the weekend, I was like, oh, I'll be there soon.
3: <laughs> so,
1: yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's what's going on. And uh, I'm getting my new ghost uh, Jason axe tomorrow for the new costume that I'll be wearing Friday 13th, which is exciting because horror FX, if you've seen any of my axes, they make my axes, and I'm excited for that. Very cool. So, uh, all right. So coming off a great, how many weeks did we do Warren? Five. Ten weeks. Ten. Ten weeks. Yeah. The Warrens was ten weeks. Mm-hmm. Are you serious? Yeah, ten episodes. God damn! I didn't think it
0: was that many. Yeah. Holy shit! They um, I'll double check, but I'm pretty sure I counted uh, ten. Okay. Let's That's, see. Well- one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten.
1: And that's cool. All right, we got Rick on. Uh, tell am said what's up. Uh, yeah, poster does, yeah. Uh, so how do we? I, there's no way I can top off those great 10 weeks. But... Well,
0: we got a couple of good weeks coming though because after that documentary i watched today i got a little more pumped up for this so um yeah
1: you know which documentary was it propsy oh that one i thought you meant the other one uh
0: that one was the one with danny aiello
1: oh yeah the real slow but yeah good yeah and it had like i guess they interviewed uh i think one of the guys that was in that original when he you know unlocked the doors was a spanish guy yeah Yeah, uh, I, I saw that link. I didn't watch it yet. All right, so this is one story I've been wanting to talk about for a while. Pretty much ever since I saw the documentary Cropsy So we're going to be talking about the Willowbrook State School, and which was up in uh, Staten Island. And we're going to do a couple of different parts. We're going tonight. We're going to talk about just the institution itself. And if anyone has, if you know anything about institutions. They threw anyone in there, but primarily if you had a kid that had some type of disability, whatever it was, they just threw him in there. And this was very notorious. And um, so it actually spawned a couple of things. It supposedly spawned a killer. It spawned a boogeyman in conjunction with the killer. We got a really good documentary, Cropsey, and of course, the, the character Cropsey is the name of the villain in The Burning. So tonight we're going to talk about Willowbrook. Next week we're going to talk about Andre Rand and the murders he was alleged to commit because they can never pinpoint it, but he most likely did it. Uh, so that would be next week. And then i also throw in the documentary Cropsey because it's not too long to talk about. Uh, we're going to review The Burning and... We are in a process of getting some very special guests in this world of Willowbrook and Cropsey and the Burning. Don't want to say who, but uh, I'm hoping we can get them on next week or the following week. Uh, So if you're a fan of true crime horror, more so horror, you might like this. So Jared, do you want to start off with um, the one video before I get into it?
0: We could do that. I got that All all ready for you. And here we go.
3: retarded, and I think uh, particularly at Willowbrook that we have
1: a situation that borders on uh, a snake pit, and that the children live in filth. Uh, that uh, many of our fellow citizens are suffering
3: tremendously because lack of attention, lack of, lack of imagination, lack of uh, adequate manpower. There's very little future for the children or for those who are in these institutions. Uh, both need. Uh, a Tremendous overhauling. I'm not saying that those who
1: are the attendants there, or the ones that run the institution, are at fault. I think all of us are at fault, and uh, I think it's just uh, it's long overdue that something be done about it.
2: been six years since Robert Kennedy walked out of one of the wards here at Willowbrook and told newsmen of the horror he'd seen inside. He pleaded then for an overhaul of a system that allowed retarded children to live in a snake pit. But that was way back in 1965 and somehow we'd all forgotten. I first heard of this big place with the pretty sounding name because of a call I received from a member of the Willowbrook staff, a Dr. Michael Wilkins. The doctor told me he'd just been fired because he'd been urging parents with children in one of the buildings, building number six, to organize so they could more effectively demand improved conditions for their children. The doctor invited me to see the conditions he was talking about, so unannounced and unexpected by the school administration, we toured building number six. The doctor had warned me that it would be bad. It was horrible.
0: All right.
1: And this is the expose that uh, made Geraldo like a household name. He was just, you know, a regular uh, beat reporter until he got this. So, uh, all right, let's dive into this. Willowbrook State School was a state-supported institution for children with intellectual disabilities located in the Willowbrook neighborhood on Staten Island in New York City from 1947 until 1987. The school was designed for 4,000, but by 1965, it had a population of 6,000. At the time, it was the biggest state-run institution for people with mental disabilities in the United States. Conditions and questionable medical practices and experiments prompted Senator Robert F. Kennedy to call it a snake pit. The institution gained national infamy in 1972 when Gerardo Rivera did an expose on the conditions there. Public outcry led to its closure in 1987 and to federal civil rights legislation protecting people with disabilities. A February 2020 New York Times investigation found that the alumni at Willowbrook continued to be abused in smaller group homes. So my mom worked at, you're from Jersey, so I'm sure you've heard of Woodbine. Um, That's down in um, Cape May County. And she worked there during the 60s and 70s. So the stories she would tell me, you know, and of course she said things and people just brushed it under the rug. Like it it was bad, but, you know, she was one of the shining stars. Uh, So the school was designed for, oh, you know, and another thing I wonder, like, as you know, we all should know, Robert Kennedy's sister was put in a facility. Obviously I'm sure it wasn't like something like willowbrook with all the money they have um but i'm sure i'm surprised he didn't do more like it took him another seven years to to
0: you know he didn't do shit about it he basically said we should and then moved on to the mob yeah so really if you look at the timing of this it you know what was that 67 65 he was, was when he won. 65 yeah. so that's two years after his brother was killed so he pretty yeah. much didn't have much to do after that when he become a senator i think
1: yeah. yeah yeah so i mean yep so i guess money talks you know uh-huh.
0: <laughs> it does that's what it is
1: yeah all right um a portion okay. of the grounds. A, a, yep a portion of the grounds and some of the buildings were incorporated into the campus of the college of Staten Island, which moved to Willowbrook in the early 1990s. In 1938, plans were drawn up to build a facility for children who had an intellectual disability on 375 acres in the Willowbrook section of Staten Island. Construction was completed in 1942, but instead of opening for its original purpose, it was converted into a United States Army hospital and named Halloran General Hospital after the late Colonel Paul Stacy Halloran. After World War II, proposals were introduced to turn the site over to the Veterans Administration. But in October 1947, the New York State Department of Mental Hygiene opened its facility there as originally planned, and the institution was named Willowbrook State School. I hate when they call it state school. It's not a school. They don't do anything there. (laughs) (sighs) All right. Hepatitis studies. Throughout the first decade of its operation, outbreaks of hepatitis, primarily hepatitis A, were common at the school. This led to controversial medical studies being carried out there between 1956 and 1971 by medical researchers Saul Krugman and Robert W. McCollum, who monitor subjects to gauge the effects of gamma globulin in combating it. So it kind of almost reminds me of if you think about World War II and like what, what was the guy's name? One of the infamous Nazi officers. Oh, who in the perform, concentration camps. Yeah, would perform tests on people with disabilities and stuff. It's kind of like what they did, per se. Uh, One result of the research was a better understanding of the differences between serum hepatitis, which is spread by blood transfusions, and infectious hepatitis, which is spread directly from person to person and is the more common form. A public outcry forced the research project and medical studies to be discontinued. Paul A. Offit described Krugman's studies as follows. In an effort to control outbreaks of hepatitis, the medical staff at Willowbrook consulted Sal Krugman. Krugman found that Hepatitis developed in 90% of children admitted to Willowbrook soon after their arrival. Although it was known that hepatitis was caused by a virus, it wasn't known how hepatitis virus spread, whether it could be prevented or how many types of viruses caused the disease. Krugman used the children in Willowbrook to answer those questions. One of his studies involved feeding live hepatitis virus from other stool samples to 60 healthy children. Krugman watched as their skin and eyes turned yellow and their livers got bigger. He watched them vomit and refused to eat. All the children fed hepatitis virus. No, sorry, became ill. Some, severe, some severely, Krugman reasoned that it was justifiable to inoculate retarded, sorry, I don't like using this word, but it's in here, uh, children at Willowbrook with hepatitis virus because most of them would get hepatitis anyway. But by purposely giving the children hepatitis, Krugman increased that chance to 100%.
0: And I saw in the documentary that 100% of everyone in there tested positive for hepatitis. So, not only did he feed it, he caused a basically in school, not school, but in asylum pandemic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And no one knew about it because there was no state oversight. Yeah. Yeah. According to vaccinologist Maurice Heilman, they, the Willowbrook studies, were the most unethical medical experiments ever performed on children in the United States. Um,
0: What are you going to say? Documented, probably. Okay. I don't put shit past the U.S. military.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, So
0: I'm going to say documented, but I doubt that this is the first and last time we've done anything to children. Right, 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 right. Um, Historian
1: David Rothman notes that the research was even included in Henry Beecher's 1966 New England Journal of Medicine listing of ethically dubious experiments. Bioethicist Art Kaplan has stated the Willowbrook studies were a turning point in how we thought about medical experiments on re- don't like use the word, but this is the, the term, retarded children. Children inoculated with hepatitis virus had no chance to benefit from the procedure, only the chance to be harmed. All right. So we're going to get into the scandals and abuses. So we opened up with um Robert Kennedy giving a speech. After he toured it, by 1965, Willowbrook housed over 6,000 intellectually disabled people, despite having a maximum capacity of 4,000. Senator Robert F. Kennedy toured the institution in 1965 and proclaimed that individuals in the overcrowded facility were living in filth and dirt, their clothing in rags, in rooms less comfortable and cheerful than the cages in which we put animals in a zoo, and offered a series of recommendations for improving conditions. Although the hepatitis study had been discontinued, the residential school's reputation was that of a warehouse for New York City's mentally disabled people, many of whom were presumably abandoned by their families, foster care agencies, or other systems designed to care for them. Donna J. Stone, an advocate for mentally disabled children as well as victims of child abuse, gained access to the school by posing as a recent social work graduate. Kind of reminds me of... Um... Asylum. Yes, I just had a brain fart, Yep. She then shared her observations with members of the press. A series of articles in local newspapers, including the Staten Island Advance and the Staten Island Register, described the crowded, filthy living conditions at Willowbrook and the negligent treatment of some of its residents. Jane Curtin was the first reporter to write a story about Willowbrook State School after she visited Willowbrook in order to cover a demonstration that social workers and parents of the residents had organized. Curtin wanted to get inside the buildings, and social workers Elizabeth Lee and Ira Fisher brought her inside. Shortly thereafter, in early 1972, Geraldo Rivera, then investigative reporter for WABC-TV in New York, conducted a series of investigations at Willowbrook uncovering a host of deplorable conditions, including overcrowding, inadequate sanitary facilities, and physical and sexual abuse of residents by members of the school's staff. Rivera then visited several facilities in California, while the conditions in the California facilities were found to have been significantly improved, the conditions at Willowbrook remained neglectful. The expose entitled Willowbrook, The Last Great Disgrace, garnered national attention and won a Peabody Award for Rivera. Rivera later appeared on the nationally televised Dick Cavett show with film of patients at the school as a result of the overcrowding and inhumane conditions. A class action lawsuit was filed against the state of New York by the parents of 5,000 residents of Willowbrook in federal court on March 17, 1972. This was known as New York Arc versus Rockefeller. Elizabeth Lee's employment was terminated in 1972 as a result of her activism with the parents. So, um... The ARC, I used to work for the ARC. There is an ARC in all of our states except for two. At the time, it was, the ARC was, and if you notice, it's A-R-C, capital letters in the notes, it's now capital A-R-C because they don't want to, when it was created, it was the Association for Retarded Children. Well, now those children have grown up per se, so um, it's no longer... Known by that, it's now just capital A-R-C. Um, all right. In 1975, a consent judgment was signed and it committed New York State to improve community placement for the now designated Willowbrook class. The public, the publicity generated by the case was a major contributing factor to the passage of a federal law federal law the civil rights of the institutionalized persons act of 1980 so before we get any further let's you want to play the next video video
0: two coming up okay
2: Laying on the floor naked and smeared with their own feces, they were making a pitiful sound, a kind of mournful wail that it's impossible for me to forget. This is what it looked like, this is what it sounded like, but how can I tell you about the way it smelled? It smelled of filth, it smelled of disease, and it smelled of death. Congressman Mario Biaggi had planned an official tour of the facility for 10 o'clock in the morning, but. By this time, wary of what I felt were attempts on the part of the Department of Mental Hygiene to make the situation look better than it really was, my camera crew and I got there two hours before that. As the hour of the official tour approached, bundles of clothing were brought in for the children and the process of cleaning up was begun. Even so, none of these cosmetic changes could do
3: much to improve the place. There are thousands there like that, uh, not going to school, sitting on the ward all day, not being talked to by anyone, only one or two or three people to take care of seventy people on the ward sharing the same toilet contracting the same diseases together one hundred percent of patients at Willowbrook uh, contract hepatitis within six uh, months of being in the institution most patients at some time in their life have uh... parasites the incidence of uh... pneumonias and, uh, is greater than any uh, other group of people that i think exist in this country uh, trauma is severe because these patients are left together on a ward, 70 retarded people, uh, basically unattended, uh, fighting for a small scrap of paper on the floor to play with, uh, fighting for the attention of the attendants who are overworked trying to clean them, uh, feed them, clothe them, and if possible pay a little attention to them and work with them and develop their intelligence. But what in fact happens is that they go downhill.
2: The attendants tried to care for their wards, but were simply overwhelmed. The attendant to patient ratio, which should be about 4 to 1, dropped to 30 or 40 to 1. And the average feeding time per patient, which should be 20 or 30 minutes, went down to 2 and 3
3: minutes. All these patients do is sit during the day. Uh, they're not kept uh, occupied. Uh, their life is just uh, hours and hours of endless nothing to do, and no one to talk to. No expectations, just a, a, an endless life of misery and, and filth.
1: Can you imagine you're a staff working there and you're assigned 40 individuals with severe deficits? Nope when i managed the group homes like that i had i oversaw when i was a program director i oversaw four and like the one home had five individuals ratio was three to five one had four two to four now you could go down to like say one person because they were higher functioning but when i had to, you said that to go to woodbine for work to um Meet individuals for possible uh, transfer. It doesn't look thankfully. <laughs> it doesn't look like that anymore. There is a ward for severe deficits, um, but they're not like that bad. Um, as far as like, it didn't look like that. It was. It's a totally different thing. But you know, New Jersey has been trying to close all the institutions down and put them in like group home settings and it's it's hard because the state doesn't want to fund these agencies to give them the proper money needed to get manpower and of course with the pandemic it's even harder but um you know when the institution started cl- closing in 1980 that's where a lot of our homeless people came from mm-hmm. you know they were given the boot unfortunately all right According to a February 2000 New York Times investigation. 2020. That's what I said,
0: right? It's a 2000.
1: Oh, 2000. I'm sorry. Thank you, sir. All right. 20 years later, we're good. According to a February 2020 New York Times investigation. That vow has been broken. Many of the institution's 2,300 alumni who are alive today still suffer from mistreatment. The Times reported that in 2019, there have been 97 reported allegations of physical abuse by group home workers against Willowbrook alumni, also 34 allegations of psychological abuse and hundreds more of neglect and other mistreatment, like improper use of restraints or seclusion, medication errors, and theft. Investigations were conducted by the New York State Office for People with Developmental Disabilities, but were unable to prove abuse, claiming that strong union protections allowed them to block their dismissals in arbitration. Bronx County District Attorney Darcelle Clark investigated one facility that houses Willowbrook alumni, but found insufficient evidence for abuse, witnesses not willing to come forward, and victims not able to speak for themselves. It's not whether or not it happened, she said, it's what could we prove which always pissed me off and uh thankfully within the past 10 years uh a registry was started in new jersey much like a sex offenders list so if you were found guilty of abuse neglect or exploitation obviously you're fired you get fines and you're put on this registry so you can never work in the human services field again that's good yeah. In 1975, a Willowbrook consent decree was signed that committed New York State to improve community placement for the now designated Willowbrook class. In 1983, the state of New York announced plans to close Willowbrook, which had been renamed the Staten Island Developmental Center in 1974. You can change the name, but you can't polish a ship. By the end of March 1986, the number of residents housed there had dwindled to 250 and the last children left the grounds on September 17, 1987. After the developmental center closed, the site became the focus of intense local debate about what should be done with the property. In 1989, a portion of land was acquired by the city of New York with the intent of using it to establish a new campus for the College of Staten Island. And the new campus opened at Willowbrook in 1993. This campus is the largest maintained by the City University of New York. Within the year, one of CSI's two other existing campuses located in the Sunnyside neighborhood was closed, renovated, and reopened in 1995 as the home of the new K-12 Michael J. Petride School. The rest of Willowbrook's original property is still under the administration of the Office for People with Developmental Disabilities and Agency of New York State and houses the New York State Institute for Basic Research in Developmental Disabilities and the Staten Island Developmental Disabilities Service Office. On February 25th, 1987, the federal court approved the Willowbrook 1987 stipulation, which set forth guidelines that required OMRDD, Office of Mental, don't like this word, Retardation and Developmental Disabilities, renamed the Office for People with Developmental Disabilities in July, 2010. Community placement for the Willowbrook class, the Willowbrook school was closed that year, All but about 150 of the former Willowbrook residents were moved to group homes by 1992. Significant members of the Willowbrook class were not as intellectually limited as the term developmentally delayed would would indicate. Some had cerebral palsy, a developmental disability that can be accompanied by varying degrees of intellectual impairment, and some members of this class were cognitively... Quite intact yet unable to communicate verbally due to their physical condition. These intact yet unable, those these intact yet unable to communicate verbally due to their physical condition. Okay. These ex-residents of Willowbrook, many now in their 50s and 60s, live in a variety of community residents and attend day programs throughout New York State under the care of organizations such as United Cerebral Palsy or Jewish Guild for the Blind. In the 1991 book, The Soul of a Cop, retired New York, New York- P- nypd detective paul Raganese describes responding to building two of the abandoned willowbrook campus as a member of the nypd bomb squad Raganese describes an abandoned building full of hazardous chemicals including explosive puric acid crystals along with rooms full of jars containing specimens of human organs why do you need organs what are you doing there mm
0: this is interesting because i wonder when he did this yeah all right but keep going because we'll save that for the other episode okay
1: Raganese goes on to write that the incident was largely covered up by local officials all right former students in 1997 denny aiello hosted and gerardo rivera served as a commentator for a 57 minute documentary titled unforgotten 25 years after willowbrook which can be found re- on tubi there you go. Oh, oh Ken. Oh, yeah. good. Okay, cool. Which And also on YouTube, but I'll watch TV instead. Uh, which revisits Staten Island's Willowbrook school, State School, remembering the over 5,000 children who were living in the facility at the time and focusing on three former residents to see how the effects of the institution have been felt by families and friends of patients as well, writes the New York Times reviewer Stephen Holden. As he graphically, as it recounts the horrors of the past... Unforgotten is less concerned with ranking the coals of an old scandal than with showing how the treatment of the mentally disabled has since improved. The film focuses on the lives of two who were once incarcerated at Willowbrook. I love how they use the word incarcerated, but sub- subsequently flourished in a group home situ- situated in close proximity to their families. A third longtime resident of Willowbrook, Bernard Carabello is also interviewed. Mr. Carabello, who suffers from cerebral palsy, spent 18 years at Willowbrook after being misdiagnosed as mentally retarded at the age of three. In looking at the lives of Patty Ann Meskel and Louis Rivera, who died shortly after the film was completed, both of whom spent many years at Willowbrook, the movie stresses their essential humanity. Each is shown interacting with loving family members who were deeply stung by memories of visits to Willowbrook more than 25 years ago. The film, narrated by Danny Aiello, isn't so much an investigative documentary as a blunt plea for the humane treatment of the mentally disabled. It also warns that despite changes in social attitudes, the Special Olympics are cited as a shining example of progress. Willowbrook could happen again. Remembrance is a vital key to the prevention of future abuse. In March 2009, a fire in a residence in Wells, New York, killed four members of the Willowbrook class. Willowbrook State Hospital is mentioned in the 2009 documentary movie Cropsey as having reportedly housed convicted child kidnapper, Andre Rand, who had previously worked there as an orderly. One of Ram's supposed victims, Jennifer Schweiger, was found buried in a shallow grave behind the grounds of the abandoned Willowbrook State School, which was built under the same design as Pilgrim State Hospital. In 2011, a former resident of Willowbrook State School, a savant named Anthony Tyrone, wrote a Christian prayer book titled Anthony's Prayers that was inspired by his time and abuse he experienced at the school and that is an insight into willowbrook and we have one more video we
0: two videos left uh,
3: we? two videos okay i thought we no. had said one
0: no we'll play video three now
3: 100 percent of patients at willowbrook uh, contract hepatitis within six uh, months of being in the institution most patients at some time in their life have uh parasites the incidence of uh, pneumonias uh, is greater than any uh, other group of people that i think exist in this country Who's in charge here,
2: Jerry? This is Mrs. Nixon. I'm Congressman Biagi. How are you? Why are these these, uh, patients unclothed?
3: We don't have enough clothing. We don't have the proper help to keep
2: clothing on them. We have a few nudists that will not keep clothes on. They
1: will pull them off. But most of all, we don't have the help to keep the kids properly
2: dressed. You're talking about more money for the the institution. Well, that we could use because then we will have more help. I would hope that you would see continued change. And if you didn't see it, that you'd say so. All
0: right. You want to play that final video now? Yeah, sure. part of the ceremony commemorating
4: what's called the Willowbrook Mile. Why the Willowbrook Mile? Willowbrook, as some of you might uh, recall, was the world's largest institution for the population then described as mentally retarded, now uh, called, more appropriately, developmentally disabled. They closed the awful old facility uh, and all similar institutions all across the country.
3: At Willowbrook State School in 1969, I was handed this steel key. Who is it that requires to be secured behind so many locked steel doors? I took a deep breath and unlocked and pushed open the final door and found behind it 40 toddlers, some smiling, some asking me my name, others were silent just looking at me. Some walked towards me, some were lying in wooden carts and some were sitting on the floor that they all shared one undeniable truth. They were all little children. To this day, I can still feel the twinge in my stomach, thinking to myself, why are these kids locked behind these doors?
4: It it was like a kennel. It was horrifying. I mean, the smells and the crowding and and the absolutely overwhelmed attendance and how they had to deal with it. Even parents barely came to visit at times. So we celebrate everything that has changed, but we celebrate it, and as we do, we remember. That's why I am so delighted to be here on this morning that you commemorate the Willowbrook Mile. I look forward to it. I have not seen it myself. Bernard and I uh, are eager uh, to see how those moments have been commemorated or memorialized, I have no doubt, but with great, uh, great taste and with a powerful message. I want to thank you for inviting me and and Bernard this morning. I promise you that as long as I'm breathing, I will stay associated with the College of Staten Island. I applaud everything that they have done to remember the roots of this place. Thank you very much. It's something that I live with on a a regular basis. And to see the the grounds evolve too is a very emotional, it's emotional to be here and remember what was here. And it's emotional to see what a great job they've done in taking this what was a nightmarish place and making it a wonderful arm of the City University of New York College of Staten Island Uh, and with the Willowbrook Mile reminding the students of today about that arc of history, how much things have changed for the developmentally disabled. So I come here and it's very emotional. In some ways it's painful, but it's also exhilarating. to be.
1: It was they... nice that the, the gentleman who was in that documentary watch was there. Yeah. So, yeah. So. I wonder if that's still up, like if they have that. Well, I, I think it is. I mean, they made it as a remembrance, so what we'll to what we'll to investigate. Maybe on a road trip, maybe we can swing by it. It's close. <laughs> so, I mean, it's yeah. like
0: less than two hours to get in the Staten Island.
1: Okay. Yeah, I passed by the Staten Island uh, signs coming home last night. So, <laughs> yeah, all right, so that was part one of uh, I don't know what we want to call this series, but uh Willowbrook and Cropsy and we'll Rain. call it
0: the Cropsy series because right, yeah the Cropsy series it, okay, it really revolves around the we're, we're gonna learn about the urban legend next episode.
1: yeah, this is the genesis of Cropsy, yeah, yeah,
0: It's so, a fucked up situation, and you hate to yeah. see it, whether it's this yeah. one, trans Allegheny um penhurst uh there's a few more mm-hmm. i mean really eloise there's never heard of eloise oh it's got a haunt now it's in detroit oh, oh okay we did a special on it on the uh haunts webs on the haunts channel okay i will gonna check that out yeah i mean there was there were a lot of these places there's one in vineland right now
1: oh yeah the uh violent developmental center yeah and then i think i told you the story but um where Irene's parents used to live um, the road leading to their house, like it's a County road. Uh, there was a, um, what do you want to call it? A satellite campus of the VDC that was built, you know, um, actually, I think before the VDC, but they were in conjunction and it's since closed down. I'm not sure how many years ago, but um, when I lived in Williamstown, a friend of mine is like, yeah, I'm going to this institution and." You know, to do some night urban exploration, do you want to come? I got night vision goggles, it's pretty cool there. And at the time I didn't know this. I'm like, nah, I'm not gonna go, you know. Come to find out that was the place and a guy bought
0: it and converted it into a private residence. Like, would you want to live at a place like that? No, but some of those buildings are beautiful.
1: Yeah. They really yeah,
0: are. I mean, yeah. If you look down by where our Twitch chat is, it's beautiful architecture. You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. just like Penhurst is gorgeous. Eloise was gorgeous. I, I like the yeah. old forties asylum look.
1: Yeah, you know, and right across from the VDC, there's this old house that was probably a group home at one point. At one point, or could have been an administration building, but it's all like it's on the uh, corner, right? Yes, yeah, yeah it's all like uh, boarded up and everything. Like, like I used to tell my mom, man, if those walls could talk in those asylums, mm-hmm. especially like going down
0: in those tunnels. Yeah, we'll yeah. get into uh, Willowbrook's tunnels next episode because that's fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. All righty. Yeah, man. So that was Willowbrook uh, State School or Willowbrook Hospital or whatever you want to call it. Apparently, you could still do the mile. It might be worth to uh, check it out. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm down for checking that out. Yeah, for sure. It's it's cool that we're starting to look towards the history of these asylums with Petrus, yeah. with willowbrook with right i don't i think trans allegheny burnt down so i don't think we can go there that uh, place okay. we're gonna cover that place one day because the ghost okay. stories out of there are fucking ridiculous oh yeah i've, I've seen some
1: of the uh what, what's the real popular one out west um i know ghost hunters is What is
0: that? Uh, Ooh, waverly hills waverly hills yeah i think that's down in
1: kentucky Okay, yeah. You think Shelly's been there? I don't know. Shelly's
0: still there? You've been to Waverly Hills? She stopped in.
1: Yeah, she may not be in, but uh I could have sworn. I, I don't know if she had mentioned it. But... but you know
0: who's been to Waverly Hills? Um, May. You? May. Oh, May. Oh, May, yeah. yeah, yeah. We can get May oh, on. nice. Yeah. She, she oh, she's going to be a little busy with. from September to October. Yeah, so maybe after the season we'll get her on. But yeah, Waverly Hills. Yeah. Like, all of them are... Waverly Hills got to be haunted as a motherfucker. I mean, that was yeah. the tuberculosis ward. You know what I mean? Like Right, right. They have a body shoot cuz mm. you couldn't handle the amount of people dying every day. Right, right. Oh, it's insane. Mm. They actually recently had a uh, a ghost hunt there and a storm came in and everyone had to stay in the body shoot.
1: Oh. Yeah. Was it that bad of a storm? Like Apparently, a or something?
0: yeah. Oh my god! Like a tornado was on its way or something. So oh, everyone god. had to imagine No, that? no. Like I really <laughs> want to go in it, but I really want to get the fuck out of it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh. Yeah, man. So mm. next episode. So subscribe now. Click the little button down at the corner by Brian's shoulder. That'll bring you right to the subscribe button. Uh, we have. A bastard coming up. Rand. What's his first yeah. name? Andre. Andre, Andre Rand. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep. He, and he's not a very good looking gentleman either. No, <laughs> there's a lot of
0: evidence too, and there's some evidence against. So yeah. It's gonna be interesting story. Um They only found one. Yep. Yeah. So there's at least three others that we know of from this area that are still right. They could still be on the grounds. Yeah because i don't i don't see him burying them anywhere else
1: no it's like uh it's it's what he knows right you know he lived there
0: he worked there he used the tunnels after it's it's a crazy story make sure you're subscribed now that'll be out next monday but guys haunt season i'm what is it the 10th i'm less than 30 days
1: is it wow? Wow. Yeah, I guess September 9th is the first one, right?
0: Yep. Yep. September 9th. So
1: we got to record about two months worth of episodes so you're not running all over the place.
0: <laughs> well, what I'm thinking is we, we could get through these in the next two weeks. There's four, right? So for four weeks, one, two, three, no, five. This one, that, yeah, there's gonna be five episodes. Well, Cropsy
1: St. And Andre will be together because I think they're,
0: yeah, but then we have ever- to do the burning. Yeah, and we got the two things we're working on.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah, there we go. Yeah, but
0: guys, this has been the Horror Shed Podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, find us wherever. Also on Instagram, follow us on Instagram. But uh, we will see you next Monday.
1: Take care.
3: Halloween Homes 365 Productions.